Hello, wacky teacherpreneur on sunny summer break. Maybe it's sunny. I don't know. It's sunny where I am. It's chill in this hill on this <laughs> island and uh, over in Jess's world. Wait, you're chill. And I'm you're prosper. prosper. Yes. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, uh, head over to our YouTube channel. There's a link to it in the description of the show. We're talking about a book that Jess just finished. I finished it about a month ago. So she's going to refresh my memory a bit about this book. Uh, but we both loved it. And that's why we're dedicating an entire episode to talking about this book, Chill and Prosper. The New Way to Grow Your Business, Make Millions, and Change the World by Denise Duffield Thomas. So that's the book. We're both talking about our key takeaways, and we highly recommend it. I recommend listening to it. I listen to business books, self-help books, all sorts of different types of book on, books on Audible, Um so yeah, that's what this episode's all about. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw, unfiltered, real. Let's get started. So you just finished the book today or yesterday? I finished it today. And it's taken me a long time because I only listen to it in the car and I'm not always, oh, and I got a new cell phone and I didn't download Audible. So I've just been like cruising around like, geez, something seems missing. What is it? Just, I've just done that for like a week. (laughs) (laughs) I used to do something during drive time, but I don't even know what. Looking out the window. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, normally I listen to Audible and I have this book that we've been reading and yeah, so sorry, I kind of dropped the ball on that, but I did finish it today. And I I love the last part of her book the most, but I have a lot of notes and stuff about other parts. So you want to yeah. hear any of I love the last part too, a lot. I don't know. Should we start at the ending? I don't know. So there, there are different sections of this book. Yeah, I and I have, the, I have her little note taker. Have you ever downloaded her note taker before? Like she has free uh, workbooks for every one of her books. And you can just go to her website and download them. And so part one of this book is called Mindset, Playing the Game of Business. <laughs> I love that. Mainly because I I love Monopoly when I was a kid and I just wanted to be the banker in Monopoly and I majored in finance just because I thought being a finance major was going to be like being the Monopoly banker. So I was just like, yes, 
And it says, here's the first question she she throws out in the book is, what are my excuses about why I'm not allowed to have a profitable, successful business? And then what are the things I worry about at 3 a.m.? What are the worst things I think about when I'm too scared to take action? And I was like, did you actually answer those questions? I did. I printed out the whole workbook, but I I don't have it in front of me. I probably left it somewhere. I don't want to say where, but (laughs) I left it somewhere. (laughs) But I did. I did work through a lot of the workbook. Um, Like, here's a question, like limiting beliefs. What do I think I'd have to give up in order to be wealthier? Isn't that a weird thought too? Because I think we just assume that wealthy people work themselves around the clock and maybe they don't spend any time with friends or family. And like, for me, when I'm thinking like, oh, what would I have to give up? I just think like, oh, all my free time and everything I find pleasurable. Yeah. And those are definitely a block. Well, and I think everything, when you look, I love just analyzing these multi-million dollar like one person like started it businesses and she even talks about this in the book like her business is really simple and everything leads back to that one program that she sells right like even her book you know she's constantly saying go get the workbook right and you go to her website enter her email funnel. You have to give your email in order to download this thing. And then once you download this thing, you're on her list and she's marketing this one like high ticket program. Right. And it's super simple. Right. And, and that's the whole, that's the whole book. That's the premise of the whole book is that this does not have to be complicated. You can make a ton of money by just rinse and repeating one thing. Um, and she does talk about that in like the business models, but yeah, I'm getting ahead of like limiting beliefs. Right. And, and I think I have limiting beliefs around the simplicity of that too. Like really, I don't know. I've rinse and repeated one thing for long periods of time. Like for example, teachers be teachers, right? Like creating products, uploading them on there, um, tweaking covers and previews and, you know, things like that. I mean, I've definitely done that repeatedly. Have I made millions of dollars off of that? No. So do you feel like the book kind of speaks to this? Because I think that is like, after I kind of some time has passed since I've read it, because like, when I finished it, I was definitely very excited about it. And I think I even voxed you, but it's been a month since I've, since I've read it. And like, I, you know, I have kind of hindsight now and I feel like she does. Yeah. Really push home that like simplicity of a business idea. Um, and I feel like you kind of have to also get lucky with the idea and the the like thing that you're the one thing you're focusing on. But maybe it's not lucky because it's also numbers. She talks a lot about numbers, right? And like optimizing, 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 learning from your failures, the things that didn't go well. Okay, 
how could I have done this differently? How can I pivot? You know, those kinds of things. So those are in the books, the book too. So I, I've been going on and on and on talking all over the place as usual. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's that simple, Jess? Do you think it's like, do you think that it's possible for entrepreneurs like you and I to like figure out one thing and make millions from it? From like, yeah, I mean, I do feel like you've had that one thing, but like you, you know, like, I'm not saying it was your membership, but like, you know, when you were selling, you were doing your webinars your rinse and repeat webinars and you were selling your big, like, it's like, and a I'm year still long. doing that. I'm yeah, still optimizing year, that. It's a year long bundle, right? Is that kind of what you sell? Like you yeah. have a big ticket item is all I'm saying. I do. But, but yeah, I would say that like one, her niche are small business owners, like female, small business owners. Right. And that's a pretty big niche. Your niche are secondary ELA teachers, right? Would you say mm -hmm. that kind of fit? Like, I would say that, like, if you're looking at the amount of small business owners compared to secondary ELA teachers, you know what I mean? Like, it's a small pool that you're selling to. So I don't know, like, they always say the riches are in the niches, right? But like, are they really? Because like here, all the people I listen to, their niche are small business owners or female entrepreneurs. And that is such a large group of people that I think like, while we're in this teacher business, it's a little hard sometimes to believe and buy into everything they're saying, because like we know, like we've already been working at this for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, right? Like we've already been working at this niche and I mean, we do see some people explode and make millions of dollars and then others don't. So I do wonder, is it a little bit of luck? Is it having the right product? Can a niche be a little too small? Uh, or are there other factors like in the universe sometimes going against you? Like right now, people are so freaked out about inflation and the price of goods and I just wonder, and, and in the book, she says, well, those aren't your people. If someone's worried about price, that's not your person, right? But then if you're thinking, well, my niche, though, are teachers on a fixed income. It's kind of like if I sold a product to people on Social Security and they're on like a, a fixed income and then I'm trying to peddle an expensive product. I mean, that's what teachers are. Teachers are on a fixed income for the most part. And I just think like sometimes these books we get really excited about, but maybe they don't always apply to our niche and people on a fixed income is a very specific niche. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just think that that's, I get really excited too about these books and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Yes, 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 yes. But that's because it's someone like I'm in the niche that they're selling to, right? Like I'm a small business owner, a female entrepreneur. So like they're they're telling me everything I want to hear. They're they're telling me like what I want to hear and what will get me excited, and that's great for motivation. But is it all completely practical for every single area of life that you might want to sell products in? I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. And and part of me also says, well, there's millions of ELA teachers 
in the world, you know, like I'm not just talking about United States, like sometimes my podcast ranks in like Norway, <laughs> you know? So like there are, I, I mean, even if my niche I mean, is really niche, even Denise Duffield Thomas talks about it in her book. She even mentions t- teachers, but isn't it interesting that all these people that are making millions and millions of dollars are B2B. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, because the, yeah, I mean, like, uh, Courtney, uh, Foster Donahue, like that's another person who like, she's really all about like streamlining one process and kind of, uh, stepping stones of products that lead all the way up to like your super, super expensive thing, you know, um, and just sticking with that, you know, and optimizing, optimizing, optimizing. And yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing with my webinar. And I, you know, I had to rebrand and I've done many different types of webinars um, and kept track of all the data. And that is like one of the takeaways I feel like from this book is that numbers are where like, that's where you need to put your attention um, if you want to grow and, you know, and, and just paying attention to numbers. Um, Cause a lot of business, like new business owners, she talks about kind of avoid it. They avoid the numbers. Um, and, and especially teacherpreneurs who maybe, you know, they're not really like math, especially ELA um, teachers aren't really that math oriented. And yeah, sometimes I have run into that issue of not paying attention to numbers and kind of running away screaming from the numbers because I just really don't want to face like low, you know, conversion rates or low open rates. Like it's just like a cringing, you know, kind of feeling. And and I I don't know. I I think um I like books like this because she does talk about that, like about the mindset piece and about like just you have to expect rejection. It's the name of the game, you know? And and so I really liked her validating that. Like, uh, and it's one of the reasons I love the book so much uh, because of that piece. Did did you feel really validated and in, in that, that part of being an entrepreneur is, is people, you know, uh, asking for refunds, people, you know, criticizing you, things like that. Like I, I just really, cause I've received some really mean emails that really tore me apart, you know? And like, I felt terrible about, and like, I've had pretty horrible interactions, you know, with customers, um, and low reviews and it's all just really hard. Um, so. Well, don't you have like a, like a rejection kind of sensitivity? Like- Yes. Yeah. Well, I think everyone plays into it a little bit. I think like all people are, you know, sensitive to rejection. Um, Yeah, actually, I recently learned that there are there that this rejection sensitivity dysphoria was just some some like term that some dude invented that it's not even like a valid like. Oh, um. Yeah, it's not like a term on the DSM-5 or anything like that. It's it's just something that someone. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry to bring it up. I was just like. No, I was, but I, I, I probably. Saying. Yeah, I do have that. You know, it is associated with ADHD and a lot of people believe, you know, 
that there's patterns and trends with people with ADHD and just like high sensitivity to rejection. For Mm -hmm. me, it isn't, it isn't so much rejection because I think I've gotten over that having a social media platform that's super critical and ruthless at times. So I think I've kind of developed a thicker skin, but for me, what, what kind of rang out in the book is just, if you're not making offers, then you're just, you're just, you're just doing a hobby. And I was like, Oh, that kind of stings because I have the hardest, like, it's not about rejection or bad feedback or like what people think about me. It's just, sometimes it's like, I don't know what to offer or when to offer it. Or like, sometimes I don't even know exactly what an offer is. Like when they're talking on these business to business books. Um, I assume that they're talking about some sort of consulting or some sort of courses, but like in the teachers pre teachers world, the teacher world, things look a little bit differently. I think when we're thinking of offers, so it was like hard for me. Like it, it was like kind of a sting. Like I felt like I got slapped around a little bit. I was like, <laughs> oh, ouch. I, I, I never make offers. One of like, those icicles fall on your head. Yeah. It was like getting stabbed by these guys up <laughs> But I mean, it has been my biggest problem starting, like I started my Teachers Pay Teachers store. I've gone off and done a bunch of other businesses, but then I don't really stay consistent with offers and I never have an offer that I feel would really set me up financially, like in a really positive way. My offers are ridiculously tiny all the time. Like I make tiny, tiny offers and they never, I never have a snowball at the end. I never have something big that like you have, like, I find it so impressive that you have a couple like really big offers that you can throw out there and say, I can do, you know, X, Y, Z for you with this bundle of, you know, X, Y, Z. I think that's really cool. Like I've never gotten to that point where I can, have an offer for someone that really feels like at this point, like it's worth my time. And so that's where I was kind of like, it wasn't so much the rejection. Although sometimes I get nervous about like, especially with business to business stuff, like what other people will say, I get a little bit nervous only because I've kind of seen that catty side of the world a little bit, but that's about 10% of my hesitation. 90% is I just don't know really what offers are or like how to make them. And I know you did business coaching and I'm wondering, like, did you learn a lot? Like when you were with Kelly Wise, like, did you learn a lot about like what an offer was through that? Like, how did you ever come up with like your giant bundle for ELA teachers that you offer? Like, how did you do that? Well, I just put all of my units together. So, you know, and, and teachers teach, especially secondary teachers, units are, you know, that's our language. And then within the units are the lessons. And so it just made sense to put all the units into one bundle. Um, And, and yeah, it's just coming up with your package, but also it's about emailing. It's also about emailing about your smaller offers. So like offers can be any, you know, shape, shape or size, like any price, um, and and honestly, making the smaller offers is something that I struggle with. So just emailing people and saying, hey, look, like this thing like might be really helpful for you this month. 
here is the link to go buy it. <laughs> you know, like that's an offer. And I think that's what um, the author of the book, that's how she was defining an offer. But I think her and Marie Forleo, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways that I got when I took, when I went through B school um, and the first, you know, module was all about, um, you know, creating your offer. Like really that's what it was about. Like, what are you going to sell? And really looking at numbers, like how much do I want to make? Okay list out your products. How much are all of those products? Are these like, if how many number of products would I need to make in order to like reach this goal, this monthly financial goal? And like, when I did that, I, this, that exact thing happened to me just where I was like, all my stuff is like five and 10 and $25. Like the most expensive thing I have is $25. Like, of course, I'm not going to make the money that I want to make. And that's when I started my membership. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to like every month, people are going to get this stuff. And I just kind of like wrote it all out. But that was one of the worst years of my life. And Denise Duffield Thomas talks about that, that there are like sprints. There are times when you have to like work your little, you know, what off you know, to like create that offer, that big thing. Um, and so that year I was teaching full-time. I was creating new content. I was kind of piecing together a bunch of stuff I'd already had. And I thought it would be a lot easier than it actually ended up being. So I was like, oh, I already have a lot of this stuff already made. I'll just put it all together. Um, and then at the end of the month, I'll hit send to all the people are, who are members. Um, and so I did that every, like for nine months. Um, and now I have like 12 uh, units within my bundle. Um, and I also am this summer working on the lesson library. So a lot of people that were part of my membership wanted um, to be able to find lessons more easily because everything was like in a unit. And so I'm pulling apart a lot of stuff and just like I have, have this really comprehensive lesson library where you can search like any English topic and then, you know, materials will pop up, whether it's a lesson or a slideshow or a doc or like links to different um, materials. Um, so yeah, I think it's really, really important to figure out what is your big offer? What are your smaller offers and sell both, <laughs> you know? So what, how, back to your lesson library, how are you going to be selling that? My webinars. So it's going to be become okay. part of my webinar. And I actually, have changed um, the live, like the name of my offer. I've changed what's included in my offer. You know, I've, I've changed. And actually, um, Courtney Foster Donahue uh, in the course course, you know, she talks about the diamond offer. Um, and, and that like a diamond has many facets. And so you kind of have to like list out like what's included in this thing that can help these people, you know, go from point A to point B. Um, and so you just like kind of put it together and like price it the way that, uh, I mean, her course is amazing. She has like all these tools you can use to, to, to create your offer. Um, I highly recommend it. Like it's really expensive, but I feel like it's been really worth it. Um, do you have an affiliate link for it that you could put in the show notes? I don't think she, I don't know if she does that. Um, you should look. I don't even think it's open right now. Um, oh. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, go look her up. She's great. Um, <laughs> go find her Facebook Facebook group or Facebook page. I think she just has a Facebook page. She puts a lot of, maybe we'll link her Facebook page. 
really good business advice on her Facebook page. Um, but we're kind of getting off topic of the book. What else do we want to say about the book? Yeah. Um, let's see. Let me go back to the workbook a little bit. Um, so the first part of it is all about your money mindset and just like, what are your hangups? Analyzing your hangups, trying to figure out why do I think this way? Um, the next part is all about business models, which I think we just kind of talked about a little bit because it's about having the off of the offer um, and having um, you know, figuring out what are you good at? Like, what is something that you've mastered that your friends always ask you for advice on or that people always ask you about? Or do you have a unique method or system of doing something that you could teach other people? Or put uh, all your products together into a bundle. You yeah. Know? And that's as easy as it, yeah, that's about as easy as it can get, right? Especially for teachers pay teacher sellers. So then, okay, the third part is all about money and pricing your products and kind of like they she even gives you scripts for how to price things um uh awkward mm -hmm. money conver conversation scripts so that's one kind of cool thing and i didn't really get that during that part of the book i must have had a lot of things on my mind uh, being a full-time teacher, I just, sometimes I'm listening to the book, but then I have like all these things running through my mind. So I'm not giving the book my full, full, full attention. Right. But this was kind of interesting. Like um, there's a lot of people, like when you give an offer or you start putting yourself out there that you're going to consult or you're offering a course or you're offering information and you've probably had this happen to you in your webinars or like with people that you've gotten to know through your business, um, people will request to spend time with you. Like, could you, could you just do a zoom call and we can have like a coffee date or, you know, people request to pick your brain for free. So she has this whole thing of like how to reject those people that are trying to pick your brain for free. And I feel like we're just as teachers, we're told that we have to give, 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 give the content and that that's how we get the customers. We just have to keep on giving. And I remember even like first teachers by teachers conference I went to, they were like, yeah, the more you blog and the more you give away for free, the more customers you'll get. But at like, what point do you totally drain yourself out and you don't make any money? And then you're just like, why am I doing this? And I think we've both had this problem in the past where we give a lot of ourselves and we're not being compensated for our time. And so she actually has like, like a little script of what you can tell people. And the, I'll just tell you the script. Tell me what you think of it. Um, so someone asks you to spend time with them. Like, could you get together on a zoom call? Could you call me? Could you message me? Or, you know, like they want more of you than what you've offered. Um, so this is what she says to say to them. Great to hear from you. And thanks for your interest in my business. My schedule can't accommodate a meetup, but I would love to help you out. It sounds like my mentoring package might be the best option for you. You'll find details and scheduling here. Or thanks for your interest in meeting with me. Unfortunately, I can't meet because the time I don't spend with clients is dedicated to my family. And I'm like, this is these are great little scripts, right? Because like this does happen as a small business owner, uh, you do get people that just, I, I just had one. I just had somebody write and it was just like, now that I'm a librarian, people are asking me for my book recommendations 
it like so much. They're like, can you put this in highlight reel? Could you tell me about that book that you mentioned nine months ago about blah, blah, blah? Could you do this? Could you do that? Could you recommend this to me or that kind of PDD? And I'm just like, wow. Like people ask a lot of you, especially when you're on social media and you're just like trying to be friendly and open yourself up to people a little bit. Like they can request a lot. So I thought this was really cool. I love the, um, I love the response of like, listen, I spend all my free time with my family, but I do consult on the side. If you're interested, here's how you can sign up. And you're kind of like, I feel like in a way, like that's really kind of saucy and mean, but the way she's describing it is like people really, they really actually like it, right? Because if if they if they're mad about the money and they don't want to pay you any money for your time, they're just going to disappear and they're just using you to begin with. You don't really want someone like that in your life. But if they actually do genuinely want your help and respect your time and your knowledge, they will gladly pay you for your time. So I was like, wow, that was also a mental shift for me. I was like, this yeah. Is- yeah. Well, she just made an offer. When someone, you know, was like trying to not take advantage of her, but like just trying to get free information out of, out of her. Um, Yeah. I've had to do this before too, um, where I was just like, yeah, well, and I think I went, I, I communicate a lot via email. And so I have people who will like ask a lot of questions in, in emails and yeah, it's always a good idea to kind of direct them to a product or something to buy, you know, like, okay, I'm done here offering all of this free advice and time. Um, Yeah. And we have to draw a line and like have boundaries and things. And I really appreciate this book really making that clear, driving that home, um, for just, you know, people who have really big hearts and, and just want to help, you know, they can be taken advantage of and, uh, you got to protect yourself. Um, okay. Do we, do we want to go on to the next part of the book, which is marketing? Cause I do have a burning question for you real quick on this. Yes, we should do marketing and then maybe wrap up with what, um, how to chill and prosper. We should just ask, answer that question for ourselves. Yeah, the like, last do it. The last part is like the mission. So we are almost done. So, okay, marketing. Um, so she talks a lot about 1%, what the 1% conversion rule. And have you ever heard of this before? Because I know you take a lot of courses and you do a lot of like, so she's saying that every time you put out an offer, only 1% of people are probably going to take the offer. I've heard this before, but not that low. Like that's really, really low, but she's right. Like if someone is converting and I did hear this from my coach, like if someone's buying, then you did something right. Like something went right there, you know? And like, that's what you need to look at the conversion numbers. Like that's kind of how you need to think about them. Um, Yeah. I remember she said something, she was telling some sort of story about like when she had 600 people on her email list, you know, and she'd sell six of something, but then, you know, now, then she went to 6,000, she started selling 60 and now she has like 60,000. And so she's selling like hundreds of these expensive products and really seeing a huge um, influx of income. And I don't know, I just thought it was kind of cool. Like um, a good thing to remember, like, because you feel like you're, you're putting these offers out, offer, offer, offer. 
And then you're not really getting the feedback or like the sales that you think you should be. And I was also thinking 1%, well, you'd need to have at least a hundred people reading your offer or listening to your offer to sell one, if that's the conversion rule. And so like, so often I think like we put an offer out there and maybe only like 50 people or something uh, receive the offer and then we get nothing back and then we're frustrated, but maybe it just wasn't a big enough group of people. Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. And that's what she talks about. It's, it's about the numbers and the number of people who your offer is being seen by. There's also this other um, really like well-known kind of piece of information um, that people have to see your offer like seven, maybe even 10 times, or like just see you making offers that many times before they actually trust you enough to buy from you, um, which is really pretty crazy as well, you know, like, and this is all marketing, you know, and like um, this, the, I feel like marketing is the key to success. I, I really do. And, but it's the hardest piece, in my opinion, we forgot to talk about the golden goose. Well, you know what? The golden goose actually comes back to part five. So part five is like, what is your overall mission? Like, what do you want to accomplish with your life? And uh, a big part of this, she talks about how can I be the keeper of the flame for my family? And I thought that kind of tied into her golden goose a little bit because in the middle of the book, she talks about how she finally realized that she's like the golden goose and that she needs to be protected. She's the one with these juicy business ideas. She's the one that's providing for her family, but she was neglecting her mental and emotional health and physical health. Like she was neglecting the golden goose because of all these other responsibilities and all these other things going on. And she, she wasn't able to like put herself like where she needed to be, which was like up on a pedestal as the most important member of her family because she's the golden goose, right? (laughs) That's what it is. And so, and then at the end of the book, it kind of takes like a circle from there because she talks about being a golden goose and protecting yourself and really like outsourcing you know, things that you think are really mundane and boring and not caring about house cleaning anymore and not caring about these things that like don't promote you as the golden goose. Right. And then at the end, she talks about being the keeper of the flame for your family, like coming to terms with the fact that like whatever you're doing right now in your business, that is your family legacy right now. And so many people think that she thought for years that her husband was like supposed to be the one that was like building this legacy. And then I think it kind of came with the golden goose and like the fact that, no, it's her, she is building the legacy of with the family and everyone else is kind of coming along for the ride and supporting her and really like acknowledging that was like huge. And then, you know, that kind of rolls into your legacy is like, what, what do you want to be known for? And, you know, how, how can you honor your family, your ancestors, all the people that lived and died for you to be here today? Like, what can you do to like, honor them with your legacy? And I just thought that was really cool. So anyway, you have any thoughts on that? That was beautifully summarized. I really loved that. Yeah. And just like really treasuring 
what you bring to your business and like, yeah, this is the prosper part. Like, how do you prosper? How do you make, you know, a lot of money? And one of the, probably the most important way is um, valuing yourself um, and, and really, yeah, getting support from the people in your life. Um, and you, others. do you feel like the golden goose? Yeah. Oh yeah. In my family and my business. Yeah. 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 And, and honestly, I, I realized it before I read the book, but I really love that term. And I did talk to my husband about it. And, um, I'm also reading this other book right now called the Mount, the, you, you are the mountain or the mountain is you. Have you heard that of that book? I have heard of this book. Yeah. It's about self-sabotage. And one of the ways that I'm self-sabotaging because we only like humans only have like a certain threshold of happiness that they can actually stand, uh, that actually we were made to be comfortable, not be happy. And so a lot of us have things that are happening, like where we self-sabotage. And I think this is a lot of women where we, yeah, sacrifice ourselves. Um, and it's almost, yeah, like, um, for others at the detriment of like, yeah, like us and, and, and that we really need to, um, like, yeah, this book is totally different. We should do another episode on it because it is kind of related, but yeah, I, I really, I think, um, I think, are you the golden goose? What about you? What do you think about you being the golden goose of your family and your business? Well, yeah, I think so. Definitely. And my husband's always, supported that idea as well and I do think I'm a little weird because I am an only child and as an only child and in the environment of being an only child a lot of times your family treats you like the golden goose (laughs) because you are the one right and you have an only child so maybe you kind of understand like the you're the one you're, I mean, they kind of put you on a pedestal, right? The world revolves around you when you're an only child. So I think being a golden goose for me feels like really natural. And I think it was really important for me to find a spouse that would support that, which is kind of crazy because my husband has 10 brothers and sisters and that's just not the way that he grew up at all. Like having like one person, (laughs) As like trying to like make everything come together. It was very much like a village is building your family, right? Like the village is helping raise these kids. And my experience was totally different. So it's like, I'm used to being the golden goose. And, and I like that my husband has never, I've never had to argue that point with him. And he's always been so supportive of all of like my business, my zany business ideas. And he always wants me to do them more and because he really believes in me about that. And Aww. I think that's really important. So yeah, that is, that's so, that's so awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely uncomfortable um, with, yeah, like asking for help because I've always just been someone who just does it all, you know, without thinking like, and, and over commit to things and overwork. And I think those are ways that I am self-sabotaging. Um, you know, and you were an old, you're the oldest sister, right? Yeah. Was your husband the oldest of 10? He's one of the oldest. He's like, 
he's the oldest boy of 10. Uh, there's two girls above him, and then he's the oldest boy. Third. So he's the third oldest. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Like, I don't know anyone besides like my great grandma or something. I know. That, that many, that many well, siblings. They're, they're step and half siblings. Um, it's mm. not like they, they didn't all come from the same parents, like a big old farm family in the Midwest. So all my grandparents had 17 or 18 brothers and sisters like all of them did um but yeah it's it's like his mom and dad had a few kids and then his parents got split and then they had more kids kind of thing so yeah but that's still i mean 10 brothers and sisters that's a different zany environment to grow up in compared to what i grew up in which was just me my mom and my dad (laughs) very different yeah, well, let's uh, wrap this episode up. But we definitely, obviously, recommend this book. There's so many great insights, and the workbook's really great too. I did download that too as well. So nice. Start making offers every time you do something. Make an offer. That was my big takeaway from the book. I need to be making offers. I'm gonna try it out one of these days. And you're the golden goose, and so am and I. I'm the golden goose, and so are you, golden goose. Namaste. Toodles. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever. Wow, 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 wow